activity here at the Radio Ranch. I really wanted to get some sound going. Oh, give me Chuck Schumer, please, Positive Sean. Hit me with some Chuck. The president himself has called without qualification for the report to be made public. There is no reason on God's green earth why Attorney General Barr should do any less. Well, that is the major issue that everybody agrees on. Fake. Fake. So to talk about the uh, transfer of the Mueller report to the Justice Department, the summary thereof, the politics going forward, etc., please welcome David Drucker from the Washington Examiner. He's their senior political correspondent. Hello, David. How are you? Hey, good to talk to you. So how big a development is this to a guy like you who's followed uh, politics uh, as a career? The uh, the non finding of any collusion. You know, it's funny. It's it is it is technically a really big development, but of course, in Washington, sometimes I feel like I'm so used to breathless <laughs> uh, conspiracies and breathless opinions and declarations that it's just another Monday, and tomorrow we'll move on to something else. But look, clearly. Uh, for President Trump, this was a major development and a good development because if for no other reason, if the opposite finding had been made, it would be so entirely bad and so entirely bad for his party that this alone, just on its face, can't be anything other than a really good development. You know, it's funny, and you make an excellent point, the the finding of something not happening shouldn't be that big a deal except in as far as uh, the american media um present company accepted obviously have to my mind humiliated themselves by just absolutely falling for every rumor hook line and sinker and the democrats having put so much emphasis as, as this on a theme i mean for those reasons the nothing happened is enormously important going forward yeah, well, I think we need to separate some of these issues out. Sure. Um, you know, I think, first of all, when it comes to the my industry, and I mean, I've been plenty critical of my industry. I sort of got into this line of work because I was critical of the industry and wanted to do it differently. But, you know, I think there's a difference between reporting news surrounding Mueller's investigation and then breathlessly speculating as an opinionist. And I think a lot of the reporting – surrounding the Mueller investigation was just fine because, I mean, Mueller's appointed. That's news. Mueller brought indictments. That's news. Mueller does this or that. That's all news. The mm-hmm. president voices his myriad opinions on Mueller, including calling him, you know, essentially the leader of 12 angry Democrats. That's news. I think that's perfectly legitimate and is always going to be reported, and that's different from somebody going on television or on the radio and claiming things to be true that they don't know to be true. So um, I understand why people are angry at the media, and, and a lot of you know what we get is, is, is deserved. I don't necessarily think um, most of the reporting around this was off base. It just it was happening, and it had to be reported. What if, what if, uh, for instance, think, I, one of the one of the heavyweight journalistic outlets, uh, which need not be named, but what if they went very very big on a particular story, say Michael Cohen in Prague? Or, you know, another one of the claims yeah, of the so Steele dossier. Yes, and, yeah, but that is... That but is a but then printed no retraction when it became clear it wasn't true. Right, but that's a different issue from the media embarrassed itself. In other words, there's, there was a ton of reporting. I don't mean this, by the way, to defend the media. I just, I'm sort of trying to explain how this works. 
When sure. the president of the United States speaks, it's news. When the federal government takes major action, it's news. This is totally different from anonymously sourced reports that are either proven wrong or cannot be proven true by any stretch. And that is embarrassing. And right. that shouldn't happen. And that is also different than people going on the air and voicing opinions based on facts that are not in evidence. So all of that is embarrassing, but I think there are different ways to look at the media's coverage. I think we're tracking um, with you, and it's a point well made. David Drucker, senior political correspondent for the Washington Examiner. Uh, what about the the politics of 2020 and or the uh, Democratic strategies going forward? Adam Schiff, for instance, vowing that, no, we think there is collusion and we're going to keep investigating. Right. So lucky for Democrats, Adam Schiff isn't their nominee for president in 2020. Because he's been, you know, pushing the envelope on this for months and, um, you know, might look pretty silly to a lot of people. And I, I think that it sort of depends on, on what the party does with this. And remember, there are many different parts of the party when you're trying to assess how this is going to look in 2020. I know that what Republicans think, and this is what they've been telling me this morning, is that the Democrats pushed so hard on this that their base is going to continue to eat it up. Therefore, they're going to have to continue to push on this. And independent voters are going to say, well, now it's been proven that Trump's, you know, on the up and up. You guys don't want to focus on problems. He does. And so, um, you know what? I think we'll vote for Trump. And, and I think that that's possible. But I, I think people need to understand, as, as you know, your listeners are trying to assess what happens, that there is a difference in terms of what is being discussed by leaders in Washington and Congress and what candidates for president are talking about on the trail and what voters are asking about. Right. Um, and so Russia has definitely been a major issue. And as I already told you, this is a big political victory for Trump. It allows him now to proceed forward. He could win re-election, whereas the opposite might have totally and completely precluded that. But we don't know eventually when there's a Democratic nominee that they're going to keep banging this drum and we don't really know yet what the campaign trail is going to look like for the leading candidates are they going to discuss this or is it going to be raised in town hall meetings uh now and they might and it might be and i think if they want to focus on this then it is going to be a problem for them because i think voters are going to say Mueller's spoken on this you know we all think he's a pretty decent guy now how are you going to help yeah, how are you going to make my life better? Right. So you it's know, possible that while while Schiff and, and Nadler and everybody else is talking about this in D.C., it's going to be different in the states, and I think that will impact the race for president. And finally, I, I just want to get this point in. Sure. The president is probably going to continue to act like the president, <laughs> which works for him in some ways but doesn't work for him in other ways. And so I'm not sure once this all shakes out and settles down that, we're not going to go sort of back to what has been the norm over the past two years. Well, I think you make an excellent point that the kitchen table issues of America are vastly different than what's hot inside the Beltway. Um, and, and in terms of the primary, I don't think the, the Russian collusion humiliation is going to be that much of a factor. But when it comes to the general, Republicans would be insane not to tar every Democrat across the land with a, they swore to you this was true for years. I can't even take them seriously. I mean, that is going to be big. And old Donald J., can you imagine coming to debates and, and his rallies and the rest of it? That's gonna, that may be the theme. And that is what they're going to do, and it may make a huge difference. 
And so I'm just curious to see as Republicans and the president make this case, which I would make if I were them, if it's able to overpower some of the things that have caused the president problems generally, because I don't actually think the cloud of the investigation was necessarily the problem. The, the results could have been a problem. Right. I always felt it was how the president talked about the investigation. And I think that the president will continue to talk about House Democratic investigations and whatever's going on with the Southern District of New York. And he'll continue to sort of just be the way he is, which works really, really well for a portion of the Republican base. Right. And doesn't work really well for another part of the Republican coalition. Will that overpower this major issue Democrats are going to have to reckon with? How will they handle it? How will Trump handle it? I mean, these are there are a lot of unknowns and this could go in a, in a couple of different directions. You know, what I try and do is not reach conclusions yet that I don't have quite enough evidence for. Uh, you're a so terrible I'm journalist. You some, some diff- I know. It's, it's embarrassing. It's, it's, ba- it's horrible for my career. <laughs> It'd be much better if I just picked a lane and swore by it and, and let it be. But right. what I'm saying is this, could, this clearly is a major victory for the president. And if Democrats mishandle this going forward, then it's going to continue to pay political dividends for him. Uh, and part of that will depend on how he handles it. Right. And it could totally be the opposite, except it will never be one thing. It will never be the end of his presidency, and it will save Republicans down ballot immeasurable um, angst because they don't have to deal with running underneath the president who's been accused of conspiring. David Drucker, Washington Examiner, senior political correspondent. David, I'm afraid we're out of time, but well done. Great to talk to you. Thanks. Anytime. Thank you. Want to talk as we come back about the ongoing investigations in New York, for instance, you know, your local and DAs and the rest of it. Politically speaking, man, I think that's a mistake. Now, if they're just purely seeking justice, you can't fault them for that. But is some sort of tax question from 1994? Really? You got the inaugural committee? Did they do anything hinky? Well, we'll see. We heard that the the president was a stooge of Russia for two years. So how about if you come up with anything, you let us know. Meanwhile, shut up. How would that work? What Bill Barr actually said in his letter to America. Next, if you haven't heard the specifics, it's interesting as heck. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, I think impeachment is a ridiculous notion at this point. If the Mueller probe, with everything they have and all the resources, and by the way, we need to still read the report, but they have no more indictments coming and not a single person in relation to actual collusion, it's really kind of ridiculous to even be talking about impeachment. And if the Democrats continue to overreach, if they continue with this power grab to try to delegitimize the president, I think America tunes that out. It, it, it keeps screaming wolf, 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 and then they ends up that they have nothing. What Adam Schiff and others promised that they had seen personally under the guise that they had classified information and they got to see things other people didn't, and they've got nothing at this point. It was just announced 
There was no collusion with Russia. There was no obstruction and none whatsoever. And it was a complete and total exoneration. Jason Chaffetz there and then the POTUS. Uh, Chaffetz making a couple of good points. Um uh, including, I'm trying to find, I have a collection of, uh, oh yeah, here's one of the stories from uh, Business Insider, and this is dated, uh, for some reason when you hit print, it's it, the date is removed, but it was from last year. House Intelligence Committee, Democrats say they have ample evidence of con- collusion between Trump and Russia, uh, whether it's uh, Adam Bullshiff or... Um, I, uh, I get Brennan. sweat on the back of my neck every time you do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, get used to it until his dying day. I will call him that. Here's a headline from the New York Times. In August of last year, John Brennan, President Trump's claims of no collusion are hogwash. That's why the president revoked my security clearance to try to silence anyone who would dare challenge him. I mean, the unequivocal statements of confidence by the Democrats on the Intelligence Committee, especially in their uh, media attack dogs like Brennan Clapper and, and, and those guys are just, you know, I'm, I'm a First Amendment guy, so we can never enforce this. But I'd like to sit Brennan down and say, all right, what now, John? Of course, he, he decided to become a partisan hack for various reasons. But uh, from Bill Barr's letter to the, uh, the ranking members in Congress, the, the big four and also the American people. He mentions that the special counsel noted that in completing his investigation, he employed 19 lawyers who were assisted by a team of approximately 40 FBI agents, intelligence analysts, forensic accountants, and other professional staff. The special counsel, in the roughly 22 months he was doing his thing, issued more than 2,800 subpoenas, executed nearly 500 search warrants, Obtained more than 230 orders for communications records. Issued almost 50 orders authorizing use of pen registers, which we found out is a a device to figure out everybody you've called and everybody who called you or emailed or texted or whatever. It's a numbers in and out uh, device. And made 13 requests to foreign governments for evidence and interviewed approximately 500 witnesses. And said, in short, um, uh, the special counsel did not find that the Trump campaign or anyone associated with it conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in these efforts, despite multiple offers from Russian-affiliated individuals to assist, assist the Trump campaign. So, what they're saying is, and some of that's a quote from Mueller and some of it's a characterization by old Bill Barr. Um, but what they're saying is, n- not only did Trump and company not collude, but the Russians kept coming at him and saying, hey, do you want to collude? Now, your Adam Bullshifts and similar folks are going to continue to say that the Don Jr. meeting was obvious evidence of collusion, but that's just so disingenuous. Guy, A woman calls up says, hey, we've got some unbelievable dirt on Hillary. And Trump's people say, all right, what do you got? That's not collusion with the government of Russia. That's oppo research. Which brings us to the ongoing politics of the report itself and the phony debate over whether it should be released. 
Now, anybody saying it should be released in its entirety is a liar. They know it can't be, and they're just trying to whip up the base. Those people who are saying it needs to be released to whatever extent the law allows, okay, yeah, what? Is there a way that politicians, other Congress people, can see the full report without the public seeing it, or is it a, is it a one-size-fits-all sort of release? It's conceivable that you could share it with certain people with certain security clearances, but Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer rejected that possibility last week. Okay, They said, that's not acceptable. So they're going to have to cleanse the thing for classified information. Uh, you're not going to name our sources in Russia. You're not going to name how we phone tap the Chinese embassy. So you've got to redact all that stuff. Then you've got uh, grand jury procedures, which are by federal law secret. You can't publish that. And then you have innocent people who, then the Steele dossier said, Marshall Phillips, newsman, uh, took a sheep as a lover. What? 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 Well, it turns out that's not true. Yep. And, and, and even if it were, and I'm certain it's not, uh, there's no crime there and everything else. So why would you publish that? So the plea to have as much of it come out as possible is half oppo research for the next election cycle. They just want dirt. Yeah. And half, admittedly, yeah, the American people want to see as much as we can. So, fair enough. Marshall, one headline. Democrats lining up demanding their own investigations. Oh, that's an idiotic strategy. Next, Armstrong and Getty Show. Oh, man. What a day, what a day, what a day, and much more to talk about. I mean, we once we get past the initial kaboom of right. all this, there's a lot to talk about. Tomorrow's show will be a blockbuster, but here are today's headlines with Marshall Phillips. Well, President Trump back in D.C. this morning with the feeling of being completely and totally exonerated. His Finally, statement, he has something to feed his ego. His statement coming after Attorney General William Barr said the Mueller investigation showed no signs of collusion between Trump and Russia in connection to the 2016 election. On the other side of the aisle, outrage and demands for more investigations. Mm -hmm. In a statement today, the chairman of the Judiciary, Intelligence, and Oversight Committees are all calling for public testimony from Attorney General Bill Barr. A statement notes that the Mueller report does not exonerate President Trump on the question of obstruction of justice. Committee Chair Jerry Nadler. His conclusions raise more questions than the answer, given the fact that Mueller uncovered evidence that, in his own words, does not exonerate the president. It is unconscionable that President Trump would try to spin the special counsel's findings as if his conduct was remotely acceptable. I'm looking forward to discussing this with Lon He Chen from the Hoover Institution next, but... If if Nadler and Adam Bullshiff are just trying to keep giving heroin to the hardcore, say thirty percent, right? Meanwhile, like the uh, <clears throat> twenty twenty POTUS candidates and and Nancy Pelosi, they're going to be more reasonable and even handed. Uh, if that's the strategy that they keep going hardcore and yes, he did collude, we're sure of it, just to keep the lunatic fringe happy. I get it. If they think that that's a solid strategy going forward for the next congressional election, right. not, you know, in addition to the POTUS thing, I think they're out of their minds. Before the result of this came out, you had 50% of Americans saying it is a witch hunt and this president has been uh, uh, investigated more than anybody else with the, with the obvious implication that 
and that's not justified. If that was 50% of Americans before the result came out, I can't even imagine what it is now. So, yeah, again, if you're a Republican, you're begging the Democrats to stay, to stay, keep down the rabbit hole. In fact, go deeper. Democrats demanding the full and complete release of the Mueller report. Bernie Sanders in San Francisco during his West Coast tour demanding. I don't want a summary of the report. I want the whole damn report. Because nobody, especially this president, is above the law. So that is exactly like if I were to bellow into the microphone, I demand that in the next hour of the Armstrong and Getty Show, Marshall Phillips do the news again. I will accept nothing but that. Well, yeah, it's going to happen. Marshall's planning on it. Bill Barr has stated repeatedly... Given the uh, intense interest in this, yes, we'll get that out as soon as possible. The POTUS, the pres- the current guy, said, oh, yeah, yeah, we got to get that out. You, who are you yelling at, Bernie? It's a straw man. You built a straw man, and congratulations. You're just absolutely beating the crap out of him. He doesn't have a chance in this fight. Yeah, a lot of turmoil in the air. How is all this brouhaha affecting Wall Street? Positive Sean with his one-word market report. The market is zigzagging. No! It's, it's down, and then it's up. And then it's back down, but all very little things. But it's, it's zigzagging. There is some concern about the slowing of the American economy from yep. extremely good growth to just good growth. And a little concern about world trade. Although the Trump administration keeps saying that we're getting close to the big, big agreement with China. Now, when that is announced, you're going to see the, the Dow go kerblooey. Yeah. So, listen, I'd never tell you what to do with your money, but... You know, you know, if it were to dip significantly in the next several days, I'd be really tempted to uh, dive in and do a little buy-in. Because when that trade agreement comes out, boom, zoom, take it from me. Got a new caravan. Or, or better yet, don't take it from me. Read up yourself. I don't was blame, going to say, yeah. Don't blame me when you go broke. Back away. A new caravan of migrants is moving north through Mexico toward the U.S. The National Migration Institute says about 1,200 migrants from Central America and Cuba had already crossed from Guatemala in New Mexico when they decided to form a caravan over the weekend, and they are heading toward the U.S. border. We've got to do something about this. We really do. We've got Central American families by the thousands showing up with phony asylum claims. Some of them legit, but many of them phony, coached by the cartels what to say. And we don't have facilities to hold tens of thousands of Central American Families and children. There is a crisis on the border. Maybe you don't think the president should be able to declare his emergency dealio, but my God, Congress, where is Congress? No wonder you got a 12% approval rating. Why? Because you're terrible. You're awful. Apple is inviting the media to an event today where the tech giant is expected to announce its long-rumored Apple News and Streaming TV service. Oh, wait a minute. Apple calling the event, it's showtime. Reports say the Apple News service will offer paid subscription options for unlimited access to magazines and paywalled sites, including the Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, New York Times, for $9.99 a month. (coughs) Hold on. We subscribe to each one of those separately for at least that much. 
And we don't get no TV shows along with that. There you go. So there was a lot of thought that, that Apple was going to be trying to become the next Netflix. It seems like they're much more trying to become the next cable. And you'll also be able to get like HBO, Showtime. They're going to be taking other people's content, kind of bundling them together, or maybe offering them all a cart for you to kind of choose and pick what you want. Boy, I'm going to be reading about this, then spending some time clicking around on the interwebs and canceling a bunch of subscriptions if this is what it seems like. Yeah. Which, you know, you'd think the big papers and, and, and like HBO would be aware of but we're kind of news freaks around here i'm just trying to figure out the economics of it doesn't make any sense because i think we're paying like 10 bucks a month for all of those yeah i mean each Each. of those rather yeah wow interesting all right that's your news i'm marshall phillips the armstrong and getty show the conscience of the nation hey and uh tim cook give it to us for free and we'll act like we love it oh i'm sorry are we on the air right now (laughs) well speaking of federal law lon he chen from the Hoover Institution, Stanford University, coming up next to talk about the announcement by the Attorney General, what it means going forward, his, his take on the whole thing. I'd love for Lonhee to give a good kick into the American media, but I don't think that's his uh, his strength. So. If there's kicking to be done, I'll do it, but Lonhee is always interesting. He's up next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Let's put all of that out there as well so we can make, pass judgment about how the, uh, how the investigation was conducted, or at least the predicate for the investigation was conducted during the Obama year. Right. Uh, going to one of the more interesting aspects of this, the whole Steele dossier, the Carter Page uh, warrant and the rest of it, that's going to be one of those topics we hit uh, at greater length tomorrow, I suspect. But uh, a gentleman who worked with Marco Rubio, who we just heard, Lon He Chen, the uh, host of the podcast Crossing Lines with Lon He Chen, also the David and Diane Steffi Research Fellow at the Hoover Institution and the Director of Domestic Policy Studies and Lecturer in the Public Policy Program at Stanford University joins us now. Lon He, how are you, sir? Joe, good morning. How are you? Uh, terrific, thanks. It's a it's an, it really, really interesting day on so many levels. Uh, what have you found yourself thinking about most in the last 48 hours or so with the, uh, the Mueller report out, at least in summary form? Well, it, it's interesting because I think on the one hand, it, it, it didn't really change the dialogue of either side. You know, the, the Democrats all along have been uh, banking on this investigation. You'll notice that they have expanded the field of their discussion to say any investigation of the president. They, in some ways, it almost didn't matter what was in the Mueller report because they have now uh, expanded the field beyond just the the allegations of Russian collusion to say, essentially, look at all these misdeeds the president's engaging in. And of course, for conservatives and those who support President Trump, it's a it's a vindication of what they've been saying all along regarding uh, the president's alleged collusion with the Russians. So it, it's funny. Yes, it, it is a big deal. And I think it is clearly a huge victory for the president. But it does not, in my mind, change the political dialogue that we're in, this really toxic cycle where Democrats and progressives believe what they believe and Republicans and supporters of the president believe what they believe. And okay. it, it, that's not going to change. Tell me if I'm wrong on this, because I, uh, you could be right. And in a way, I hope you're right, because I, I would prefer, frankly, that the Republicans win the next midterm. I don't hide my, my political leanings. 
On the other hand, I think it'd be insane if the Democrats continued down this road because the strategy might not have changed, but it's like I'm watching a football game and, and they said, we're going to come out and throw the ball. Well, now the wind's right. blowing at 60 miles per hour. And by that, I mean the American people have become very, very cynical about investigations in general, as uh, as made clear by the poll that came out last week, I think it was, before the results of the Mueller investigation even came out, you have 50% saying, yeah, this is a witch hunt. I mean, if you continue to throw a ball in the face of that 60-mile-per-hour wind, I think you're crazy. No, I, th- I think you're right, Joe, but I think what the, the challenge is for the Democrats is this. They have a progressive base that is increasingly becoming influential in, in how the Democratic mainstream thinks and and those folks i'm talking about bernie sanders and alexandria ocasio cortez etc these folks are going to continue with that same strategy vis-a-vis the president so they're not going to change and they're going to place tremendous pressure on those who might want to take a more moderate line let's say someone like joe biden or even nancy pelosi who wants to say look let's focus on ways in which the trump administration might not be serving the american people whatever the, the line they want to take is those folks are going to be outshouted by uh, the progressive left. And I think the progressive left would love to continue to go after President Trump. And and it doesn't matter what the Mueller report says. I mean, they've been laying the groundwork for this for the last week. They've said, look, the Mueller report is fine. We want to, first of all, they're, they're saying they want to see the whole report. And second of all, they're saying, you know, regardless of what happens in the report, you've got all sorts of different pending investigations in the Southern District of New York, et cetera. So I, I don't imagine, Joe, the strategy is going to change a whole lot for many Democrats. But I would hope um, for, for, for the sake of political competitiveness that they would take a different line. So, Lon he, if you were in charge then of White House messaging, and I think that would be a huge step forward if you were. Um, but if you were in charge, what other than obviously there is no collusion, what themes would you really hammer in the coming weeks and, and few months um, in contrast to what you just described? Well, I would I would come back to this basic point, which is that the that the fundamentals of the economy at this point look look pretty good. Americans, by and large, are doing well, which is not to say that there aren't any problems. President Trump's policies have been um, have, have been relatively positive uh, for many Americans. I would focus on how the administration is trying to do what it can to improve the lives of Americans, while Democrats are busy uh, perpetuating this witch hunt that even Bob Mueller, even somebody that they had said was a was a neutral arbiter of the fact even he has said that there was nothing there and yet they continue to be obsessed with trump while they're obsessed with trump trump is obsessed with helping the american people and 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 that's the message i would come back to i imagine that they're going to spend a couple of days by the way because the president will want to take a victory lap on this and i do hope they they move beyond that to to begin to address the substance because i do think the president's got a case to run for re-election on that's pretty solid Right. Well, listen, I may be asking a a horse to play the clarinet here, but I've got to believe if in the last month of the campaign, Trump could adopt a listen. I know I rub a lot of people the wrong way. It's just it's me. And and I don't, I'm sorry about that, but I really care about this country. Bob, if he could be a little self-effacing, a little I understand I piss you people off. I understand I'm a tough guy to take. You know, assuming that there are no giant historic changes as to what's going on in the country, I could see that being really, really effective. Yeah, and 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 I think he could he could do quite well. I mean, I think he could 
um, he, he could win more states than he did in 2016, even and and a larger percentage of the of the popular vote. I, I would also say, you know, the, the one thing just to go back to the short term impact of this report, there had been a lot of talk, you know, amongst the media, especially about, you know, will there be a Republican challenger to the president? I think the outcome of the Mueller report all but guarantees there will not be a serious challenge to the president from within the Republican Party. So he's going to be running unopposed whereas the Democrats are going to have a, a bloodbath here over the next six months. Lon He Chen is the host of the podcast Crossing Lines with Lon He Chen. Do you have any thoughts on the question of obstruction of justice? Uh, I, I thought that was really interesting. To me, the special counsel said, yeah, there's stuff that looks like it, but there's stuff that m- makes it look like probably not, and there wasn't an underlying crime, so just, I don't know. I mean, that's more or less what he said. Yeah, I mean, what, what it, it was interesting. I mean, that's the line, obviously, that opponents of the president are seizing on to say that that the special counsel was unable to exonerate the president of of the charge of obstruction. There, there's two things to bear in mind here. One is the the special counsel makes the point, according to the attorney general's letter, that everything the president had done potentially that could make up an obstruction charge was done in public. So it's not like there's anything secretive or furtive that's going on here. If you believe what the president did made out a case for obstruction. Everything he did was in public. So right. That's the first point. The second point is, look, it, it, it's up to the charging authority, in this case the attorney general, to determine whether whether the the accumulated evidence makes up a charge of obstruction. And and, and so I think the special counsel felt, look, we, we certainly don't have enough to pass judgment. The attorney general felt they, that he and his team didn't have enough to pass judgment. And, and, and so I think this is one of those things where to the extent there is any political wiggle room for the Democrats to argue the Mueller report was harmful to Trump, they're going to seize on this point. But this point is such a specific point of law that I don't think they're going to have a very, very good time trying to actually make headway out of this one. Fair but enough. It's, a, it's political fodder, to be sure. Would you agree with me that uh, I posited earlier in the show that Donald J. Trump, real estate magnate, simply took too much of his management playbook into the Oval Office with him and saying, look, this project is dead. It's it's stupid. Like, for instance, the Flynn investigation or the Russia collusion investigation. He was being a CEO saying, you know, this this hotel is never going to make money. we got to close it. It's dumb. And and which is fine as a real estate magnate. But as president, it looks like obstruction of justice. I think that's probably what happened. Yeah, I, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think that there are a lot of things about. A, first of all, nobody's prepared to be president on day one. I don't care how many jobs you've had before that might qualify you. And and add to that the fact that you know Donald Trump came out of a private sector culture that's pretty different from a political culture from from being a politician before. So yeah, I think there was a learning curve. I think the way that he conducted himself probably was very similar to how he conducted himself in the private sector. So I think you're absolutely right on that account. And and I and I do think that again, the special counsel by by saying essentially, look, if you wanted to claim obstruction obstruction of justice, there is nothing else you need to know, or there's nothing else you need to look at than what he did publicly. You can decide that. In my mind, the president can certainly use to his favor because he can say, look, the, the only thing they're alleging is stuff that's out of the open. So you you be the judge if you think this was what it was. But I think you're absolutely right. It, it goes back to his conduct as a businessman. And I think a lot of people would say, yeah, I mean, as a businessman, I completely understand that. Now, as president, the standard's different. But, um, you know, I don't think it's enough to, to, to create a dent in Trump's uh, armor going forward. Uh, what's uh, Crossing Lines with Lon He Chen going to be about this week? Well, we haven't done an episode in a little while, in part because I've been on vacation. Uh, Good man. But we, we are going we, we to spin back up. I, I've got a couple of guests. 
in the hopper for the coming weeks, some working on the on, on economic policy, some talking a little bit about the future of the health care debate. But this week we're going to do something on Mueller. Have to figure out who the guest is going to be, but uh, but but hopefully it'll be something good, and, and we'll have that episode out by the end of the week, I think. Well, if you run out of actual smart people to talk to, we'll talk to you. But uh, anyway. That would be fun. We, <laughs> we, we have to do that sometime. No, hey, we, we really do. That'd be a lot of fun. We'd be delighted. Absolutely. It'd be an honor. Lonnie Che Chen is the host of the podcast Crossing Lines with Lonnie Chen, a fellow at the Hoover Institution, uh, heads up the Domestic Policy Department at Stanford. Lonnie, it's always a pleasure. Thanks a million. Thanks, Joe. Have a good day. You got it. Uh, so, yeah, I just, it's funny. I'm so much more into governance than politics. Jack's usually the guy who really, really wants to talk about the politics of this stuff. But I'm telling you, just going forward, the whole, we've got to investigate. I, I just think the the amount of eye rolling on the right and in the center over that very idea is, well, I think it's going to be overwhelming. And, and listen, I'm not saying it's completely nuts. If you can uncover the fact that, you know, Donald Trump actually was the guy who committed the Son of Sam murders in the 80s or something like that. I mean, I, that, well, that was the 70s, I guess. But, I mean, go ahead, I suppose, because that would hurt the hell out of him in the... Uh, the 2020 election, but I just, I don't love your chances in coming up with something like that. And you got 50% of Americans at least thinking it's all witch hunty. So, well, good luck, Adam Schiff. Uh, you're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.